Hey, hey, this is Danielle Grouchek, founder of Canine Inspired Change. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast, where we explore the connection between humans and dogs and give you tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community so you can get out there and do good with your dog. Thanks for joining us on another podcast. We really appreciate your support. Today, I'm so excited to have Miss Marin Nelson with us. In addition to being a lady boss as the regional vice president for Salesforce, she is also um, and and was my mentor, was and is my mentor in sobriety. So I'm so excited to have her on. I look up to her in so many ways. Um, please welcome Miss Marin Nelson. Hey, Marin. Hi. I'm so excited to be here just to see your face to and talk s- to you. Right. This is like a gift of time just right. to have a t- an hour set aside. Right. No children, no other things I'm doing. I'm just looking at you and talking to you. It's a sil- that's a silver lining of the, the crazy world we live in. Uh, right? You, you have to set aside time to do this. And when you do that, then the quality of the interaction is kind of I feel upgraded. like I can get through another day of isolation with my family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can just have a minute to just look at you and be reminded, like, it's okay. It it's brings- okay. We're going to get through this. Yeah, it brings you back, right? Yeah. It brings me back to early sobriety. Yeah. It brings me back it's weird to weird to not be in person. Like, I know. It's weird that screens are becoming well, I'm grateful for them. Thank God we have screens. Right. Because that would be so much harder if I couldn't actually see people's faces. I'd much rather see you in person, but I'll, this is the second best. Right. I'll take it. And yeah. so I will just start by saying so like it really does transport me to early sobriety. It's crazy what what memories do and and the synapses of the brain and they 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 kind of transport you all over the place but I first heard you speak and um I was like this human being is a badass number one number two she is not going to take any of my shit number and um she's super smart and I really really need help and so I'm going to ask her if she would um she would guide me through this. So I did. And you're like, yep, here you go. This is what you do. Text me every day. Um, you're going to read this. You're going to show up at my house. And I was like, even to show up at your house, honestly, shaking, like Aww. sweating. And then I walked in and you had a dog. And I was Aww. like, oh, it's going to be OK. It's, yeah. it's going to be OK. And I would sit on your couch and we would read. And your dog, Roscoe. Or was it Pee-wee at the time? It was Pee-wee. It was Pee-wee at the time would sit there and I would just pet him and I was just freaking out about Another little chihuahua. Yes. So anyways, tell us about, Uh, first of all. Wait, how many years ago was that? You have to remind me. It'll be 10 for me in in March. 10 continuous in March. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It's amazing. It really is. The transformation of energy of where you were 10 years ago to where you are now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is seriously such a gift that I got to just share a little bit of that journey with you. Well, like, I'm super grateful because it means everything to me and my sobriety right. to watch ladies and men, but ladies in mm-hmm. your case, recover and yeah. lead these lives that you were always meant to live. Yeah. I just had to like clean the gunk off the layers of gunk off. To get back to truth. 
right? Yeah. And to see it just sometimes I just, it's not even the words that you said. Um, and the other strong women in the program or even not strong women, it's just seeing the modeling of behavior and like, how did you, how did you respond to me? How did you stay, you know, on your course presented mm-hmm. with certain things. So a lot of time it was just, you know, like dogs do, they sit and watch and they learn a lot by, um, yeah. by body language, energy, tone, and not so much what the actual words are sometimes. And for me, that it was, that was a big deal. Well, and you in turn helped me for all the reasons around sobriety, of course, but also like with my dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're right. Like as someone who has struggled with anxiety, I'm sure I transfer my anxiety out. And I do a lot less now. But earlier, 10 years ago, absolutely. So tell us about the peewee and like what, how, what, let's talk about peewee and what, what role he played in your life. Just like the scrappiest little chihuahua ever. (laughs) I loved him. So scrappy. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was my first baby. I thought he was the most beautiful thing in the whole world. Mm -hmm. I look back and I'm like, yeah, he was scrappy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was a little rough around the edges. (laughs) Those are my favorite Uh, kind of dogs and people, by the way. Oh my God. Rough around the edges. Looks like funky teeth and uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, Kiwi! He did. Oh, he did. Yeah, he was a he was a character, and I get so offended. My family would joke about. It. I'd be like, he's beautiful. <laughs> um, Peewee saved my life. Yeah, like, quite literally, Peewee saved my life. So I was living in New York, and my neighbor. I don't know if you even know that. I don't know if I ever told you story. Anyways, I'll tell it to you here. Please. My neighbor in New York. So I lived in Brooklyn. It's twenty three. And, um, what year neighbor, was this? Let's set, let's set the oh setting gosh. approximately five. I turned 24 in 2005. Okay. So 2005 so a baby in New York, just gonna like set just in the city, the Carrie Bradshaw. Like that's, it was every woman's me. dream at the time. Yeah. yeah. But like in a really crappy apartment. Wow. Then, right. I mean the real version of Carrie sure. Bradshaw. Okay. Not the not the whatever version of someone living in that wealthy super yeah the scrubbed and, and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah not no the real version. Um, all right, so my neighbor found him, found Peewee in the subway, mm. and Peewee followed him home, and I he stopped at a bodega and gave him like old sushi, <laughs> and I remember the guy <laughs> telling me like I I must have come home. I mean I was still drinking then, so I came home. Not who knows what time, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I have no idea. And I just remember him telling me, like, this dog followed me home. I don't know what to do. It's, like, freezing rain outside. It was, like, January, so it's, like, literally freezing yeah. rain. Freezing rain outside. I can't let him go outside, but I don't know what to do with him. Like, I'm not – I don't think he was a dog person. He didn't. He was like, and I gave him sushi. I'm like, you gave him what? <laughs> you, gave him su- you don't give a dog sushi? What are you doing? Perfect New York story. Get this dog yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, I was, took the dog. I was like, I'll take him. So I took, took Pee-wee in. And I got sober five months later. So I got oh. sober May 8, 2005. And a big part of my awareness was like coming home and like falling up the stairs, falling down the stairs. I was mm-hmm. going for a walk. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I like fell going up the stairs and being like, okay, falling down, down the stairs is one thing, but falling up the stairs is like another level. Mm-hmm. That moment stands out to me. And the moments of like being super crazy hungover in the morning to the point where I couldn't get up to take him for a walk. Mm-hmm. 
and feeling so awful. Like I grew up with dogs, so I knew what it was to take care of a dog. I knew yeah. what like good dog ownership looked like mm-hmm. and I couldn't do it. Like yeah. I was, I was so deep in my alcoholism that I couldn't take care of this sweet little dog that mm-hmm. just needed to go outside and I couldn't do it. Right. So it for Peewee for sure helped me, helped me get sober a hundred percent. So I got sober May 8th, 2005. And I have Pee Wee until who knows what age he was. Honestly, he could have been like six when I found him. Like, yeah, he could have lived to 20. Like, I don't yeah. know. But he, so he died when I don't know. So you were around so 10 years ago. Yeah. So he traveled to Minnesota with you. What made he you decide to come back to Minnesota from New York with Pee Wee in tow? And were you sober at the time or did you get sober here? I got sober in New York. Okay. So I got sober in New York. So May, May 8th, 2005, I got sober, went to my first 12 step meeting really grateful that it works for me. It still works for me. Stay in the middle of the pack, like did what people said to do who had been sober longer than me. Um, worked with a woman in sobriety. Yep, much it's, like yep. I got to work together, like just kind of came in being like, I don't know what I'm doing, but tell me what to do. Cause I'm a mess. Yep. And I can't keep living like this. Right. Like I, I'll die. Like I that's knew my, it. Like, I'll that's my exact experience too. So it's like, I think it's important to say it's not mystical or like I'm not special and you're not special in any way. So if you no. just do that, if you're if you're listening to this and you're like really in a in a bad place or feeling like you need to explore sobriety, um, if you do these things, you will get sober. There is help. You yeah. are not alone. There's help and there's a way out. And you don't even need to know how to do it. There's yep. lots of us who have done it before who like we stay sober by sharing how we did it. Yep. Like that's a huge part of why I continue to work with women 15 years into sobriety still, because like that is the joy giver. And that is the thing that grounds me and reminds me and keeps me humble. Right. And it's giving them, bring the message that was given to me. So yeah. So I moved back to Minnesota when I was three years sober. I'm from Minnesota Mm -hmm. and my parents were here. My sister, my brother was here with his family and um, just felt done with New York. I did New York for five years and I loved it. I'm super grateful. I had that experience there. It's the best place to get sober. It was a great place. Really? To get sober. That's interesting. Great place to bottom out. Hmm. Great place to bottom out. Yeah, sure. Golf. Sure. Sure. And also a great place to get sober. Cause yep. there's like hundreds of young people in meetings. I go to these meetings and there'd be 200 people hmm. like in their twenties. Huh. No, no exaggeration. Just like when we go and like take over restaurants. Yeah. And, like, I thought that was people. only in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 rehab centers. <laughs> no, it's different, but it's a different culture here. Cause yeah, like New yeah. York like, like, you know, I'd work with women who were like DJs. And so then like I go, it was perfect. Like oh, 24 fun. sober. Yep. Feeling very Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then I moved back to Minnesota and it was hard. It was hard to like get, settled into a new place and having to be new again but it you had time. peewee but i have peewee my little constant companion yeah really i mean oh my gosh so then um after peewee came roscoe right so peewee died yeah peewee got sick he got mm-hmm. cancer and he died and he was old i mean he was old for mm-hmm. sure he was old. again who knows how old he, sure. could, he could have been 25 we don't know <laughs> he was old he was very gray i remember yes you were there you I were there you came over so i was like how do i know when it's time oh my god it was so hard and uh, i was single yeah. and he was my bud like yeah. it was me and peewee yep so that was heartbreaking for sure and i went with him when he got put down i held him like mm-hmm. i remember my parents being like are you sure? Like we never went in the room and I'm like, no, I have to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I need to, like, I can't like have him be alone. Like I need to be, and I respect that that was their journey. But for me, like I needed to be with him when that was it. Yep. 
was hard. I was so sad. It's one of those real life lessons in, um, you know, sobriety or whatever, if, if you've made a change in yourself, whether it's sobriety or a different, you know, perspective totally. on life, whatever, um, that first challenge of how do I stay present and for this yeah. animal that I love still grieve because it's going to be terrible. Um, yeah. however, not make it super egocentric about me yeah. and my sorrow and my, like, I'm, mm-hmm. of course it's going to be sad, but also, you know, uh, nobody's going to live forever, including dogs. So, let's yeah you kind of have to be present for it exactly what you said like really honor like what i felt like he was telling me was his time and it wasn't on my timeline it was like because it's it's hard to watch it's hard to watch someone die of illness a dog or a person it's super hard but like you have to honor the process of it like you can't you gotta dig deep process you gotta dig deep first of all in your own belief system yeah you have to also dig deep into your ego and think, is this for me? So right now I have a meditation teacher who asks me the question when I'm in, like, I'm suffering. This is terrible. Okay. Who is suffering? Do you believe that you have an ego part of yourself? You have an intellectual part of yourself and then you have an eternal part of yourself. And then you have like a physical self. If you're believing that there is something that is eternal um, Mm. about you, then that piece does not, that piece is not hurting. Right. If it helps, it helps you to release and yeah. to respect like the journey of what you said, right. our physical being is only here for a certain amount of time. Right. And it doesn't mean that you don't grieve because you do, because you're a human. However, the relationship to yeah. whatever it is that's distressing can mm. shift. Totally. And I don't think I was as there then. No, God, no. Now. Like a lot has changed in the last 10 years. But it was my first major loss other than breakups, right? Mm-hmm. But it was my it was my body because I, I was not married then. I did not mm-hmm. have children then. Like I didn't have other animals. Like it was just me and Pee-wee. So it was a big thing to walk through. My friends were so lovely. Like I remember them coming mm-hmm. over. <laughs> I was holding his like winter coat. I discovered <laughs> yeah. I was just crying, holding his winter mm-hmm. coat. And they were kind of like, I don't understand, but we're here for you. Because yeah. they all had like families and children and like mm-hmm. Not to diminish the importance of dogs, they play a huge role, but it has shifted. Like having kids, like now sure. I have four kids and a husband. And so, you know, my dog Roscoe now is a little bit more of a dog than my baby, but I still adore him. Yeah. But he has shifted my priorities and where my focus is and like where my energy goes. I still am a good dog owner and I adore He still sleeps in the bed for God's yeah, sake. He still sleeps with me, <laughs> but he's not quite the same. As, as the as the space that Pee-wee held in my life. So that's interesting to explore because I'm not a person with children and nor will I ever have them. That ship has sailed. Um, and so to hear that your perception or your relationship to your dog can shift mm-hmm. because of children, that means that my relationship can shift to uh, to my dog can shift because of really anything like the possibility of the shift is what's interesting to me yeah I think it's like uh, you know for me it's so fun it's so interesting so I have twins and I also have two stepsons and when I was pregnant with my twins my brother was like so I had Ross so I got Roscoe a month after Wee died I lasted mm-hmm. a month and then I was like I'm just gonna go browse at the Humane Society like there's browse. no browsing I love that there's word no browsing at the Humane Society <laughs> if you're an animal person you will go home with an yeah. animal 
for sure. Well, I was like, I'm just going to go look. Just have a look-sees. Mm-hmm. And then Ross had crawled in my lap. And he felt, and he's also like a mutt chihuahua who knows mm-hmm. what. Rescue from California or, or Mexico. It was an organization. Um, it's Pat- called Pat- Passion Without Borders. And oh, he gave okay. him a shout out. And they rescue Chihuahua street dogs. Okay. And they rescue them from Southern California and Mexico. That is and they- specific. <laughs> Very. And they shipped them en masse to the Humane Society in Minnesota. This one was Golden Valley Humane Society. Who know, knew these things? On Delta. Because we adopt at like one of the highest rates in Minnesota. And they're huh. like drowning in Chihuahua mixes. Jeepers. And they ship them all to Minnesota. These poor little Chihuahuas coming to like freezing cold Minnesota. But like they ship them all to Minnesota. And we adopt really fast. Mm-hmm. Like We might be the highest adopter rate. I don't know. We love, mm-hmm. do- we love animals here. Specifically mm-hmm. dogs. Anyway, so I've had Roscoe now for... I've lost track. Seven years? Is that right? Yeah. Eight years? Eight years. Eight? Yeah. It must be eight. Yeah. So anyway, so um, Roscoe crawled in my lap, went right to sleep, and I was like, okay, you're coming home to me. Anyways, fast forward to where I started. So I was pregnant with my twins, and my brother's like, just get ready. Like, Roscoe's going to become a dog. He won't be your baby. (laughs) They used to just take pictures of him all the time. Like, just, like, babied him. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, he's still the number one baby in this household. Yeah, like, 100% sure. he's a bigger baby than Teddy and Lincoln are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it did shift. And I was kind of heartbroken when it shifted because I was like, no, never. It could never happen. Mm-hmm. He's my baby. It will never happen. And then I had two, like, human babies mm-hmm. who needed all of my attention and all of my care and constant, constant, right? Like, sure. you can't leave them at home like you do with the dog. Yep. It did shift. And Roscoe... You know, but you're, you know, but at the same time, like there's such a, you know, like, well, obviously, you know, it's just different. Yeah. I guess I love her, but they're a critical part of the family. Sure. And like, so sweet. Roscoe would lie next to them as newborns. Well, I remember coming over to your house for mentorship. And when Roscoe entered the picture, I don't know if you remember this joke, but he would like curl up on my lap and we just, he couldn't get close enough to me. And we were like, I think one day you said, I'll never forget this because I laughed so hard. You're like, he wants to be your fetus. I'm like, 100% he wants to crawl back inside of me, even though he's never inside me. He can't get close enough. I was like, this is, I'm like, you get, I'm like, you get me, Roscoe. Like I'm sobbing about like some kind of step work (laughs) or something. Can't, you know, so just filled with my own sense of what I, you know, like, yes, you get me, you get me. He does. He's such a sweet dog. I mean, he barks so much, as you know. (laughs) You help. You tried to help. Mm-hmm. You did help. He got. I think it got better, better. But he is he who he is. Better. He is who he is. He can't help it. Yeah. He's got chihuahua in him. Yeah. Like they are. They bark. They can't help it. Yeah. And he looks at me like I'm sorry, mom. I know I'm being loud. <laughs> so he's a good dog, though. He's a very good dog. He is. So okay. So in your life trajectory in both your work life, personal life, and, and also in your philanthropic mentoring of women, Mm. did, do other women have the same experience that I did? Like the dogs are very comforting. I mean, to me, it seems like when you're meeting with somebody else, whether it's just like, Hey, come on over and let's hang out when we used to be able to do that um, all the way on the spectrum to, Hey, we're going to talk about some really hard stuff right now to have an external object there, such as a dog or a cat, but a dog in our, for our um, purposes. I never thought about it, Danielle, but you're right. Yes. Roscoe or Pee Wee before Mm -hmm. and now Pearl. So now we have a second dog, Pearl. Yep. 
but Roscoe's really the Chihuahua ones are the lap dogs, right? Like yeah. Pearl's a lover, but like she's a little lab. And so she kind of like, she's more independent. Mm-hmm. Whereas Roscoe, to your point, would like to just be on top of humans at all time. Right. And you're right. Like whenever I have women, well, pre-COVID days, women over into the house. Yeah. Roscoe is often right there next to him. I don't know if they all love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's something to put your attention there. on. Like to yeah. me, the best way I can describe it is sometimes like the inner my social interactions with other people especially if they're one-on-one can seem too vibrant too Mm. bright too and if there's something else to then take a little bit of the focus off the one-on-one interaction especially especially when you're having to you know talk about your character defects and things um it's super helpful and it's part of what we do in our programming too like the kids we work with have a lot of them have been through a pretty uh, a pretty deep trauma. So they come in and work with the dogs. They are mm-hmm. able to put their focus on the dogs and feel that animal-assisted play therapy and feel okay in their body mm-hmm. yeah. without having to talk about traumatic totally. experiences or relive things. Or, or it's just like, hey, I feel good in my body right now. So if, then if you can lay down like muscle memory and body like memory somatics for, oh, this is how this feels like, then we can start to introduce some tools like breathing exercises um, with the dogs so they can have something to shoot for. It's so, I, it's like, how have I not even like put this together? <laughs> Yes. Like you're right. It is super grounding. I think to have a little warm, free being Mm -hmm. who's calm and sitting there to just like have your energy, your connection on them and like ground you. Now, granted, if you had a super crazy hyper dog, it might elevate your anxiety, but like in this situation of Roscoe, just wanting to snuggle, Mm -hmm. I do see him do that for lots of women who I've worked with over the years yeah, it's kind it, of. I'm never honored that I'm gonna have to go thank him now because he yeah. does play that role. He helps to just like it's grounding, right? It's huge it feels for like me. Right. Yeah. It's almost like when they say in the rooms how like we will love you until you learn to love yourself. It's, yeah. That's what dogs do too. Yeah. There and at least it's a a chance to practice what mm-hmm. the feeling of like compassion and kindness is. A hundred percent. And you I don't usually. No, you, I learned to do it with my dog before yeah. myself. 100%. So if you can practice something in any way and then, you know, there, there's a chance for then that to transfer over to the self and that's where it has to start before then you can have compassion for, you know, diverse yeah. populations and people that look different than you, sound different than you. Totally. So, yeah. Well, and even part of our, we moved to this farm this summer during COVID. So we live in Afton now. I so mean, I, this is a super interesting journey here that we have to take because I think people will be interested in this. But you know what, everybody? We're going we're gonna to do a cliffhanger because um, we're going to have Marin back for um, part two of this conversation. And in this conversation, you're going to hear about Soberforce at Salesforce, a, a really amazing program she started, and also her journey and decision to take her family out of the city and move to a hobby farm um, and Afton and still kind of do everything from there. So we're going we're gonna to hear about all that. Um, so thanks so much for sharing this week. Make sure to stay tuned for Martin Nelson episode two. Until next time, uh, we see I see you. You matter. And get out there and do good with your dog. Yeah. Bye. Thanks.
Bye. Bye.